Welcome to the Real Estate Ventures Podcast. In this podcast, we will be speaking with various real estate and business professionals about real estate investing, entrepreneurship, and financial freedom. So, if you're interested in learning about real estate investing, then stay tuned and be sure to take advantage of the free tips and strategies that will be shared by our weekly guests. And now, your host, Penny Lubinsky. Hi guys, I'm Penny and welcome. This is the Real Estate Ventures Podcast. I'm really excited that you're joining in today. And uh, for today's episode, we are actually not going to be interviewing anybody. I myself am going to be explaining the steps and processes that we take at PL Capital Ventures um, to underwrite a deal and analyze a deal. Same thing. Um, a lot of people have been asking me about this and, you know, people have been confused about some of the steps that need to be taken. Uh, what happens first? What happens second? What do you do now? What do you do now? And I got a lot of those uh, kind of questions. That's why I felt like it would be nice to make an episode and uh, really just walk through step by step to help everybody, you know, in their underwriting process. So again, and I'm just going to say this is how we do it at PL Capital Ventures, but by no means um, am I trying to say that this is the only way to do it or this is the right way to do it. And if you're not doing it this way, then you're wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just going to try to help um, the new underwriters and the new investors here um, understand how we do it here in our company. And um, essentially, you know, if this is something that you find uh, to be helpful and, and value, add value to you, then, then, hey, you know, collect this, you know, information and, and use it. If not, then, you know, that's fine as well. But I'm just going to walk you through step by step how we do it. So let's start from the beginning. Um, essentially, you've done a good job of you know, networking with brokers and you've uh, convinced them that, you know, they can trust you and, and you can go and get the deal done. So you've got a deal that is crossing your desk. You got one coming into your inbox and um, you're like, now what? It's sitting there. What, what do I do now? So the first thing that usually happens is you got to sign something called a CA. This is a confidential agreement. And this is basically just so that you're not going to screw over the broker and you're not going to, you know, take the deal and run with it or, or you know, use it for whatever reason like this is just a, just to make sure that you're a regular investor looking to buy the property and, and do the right thing with it and and that's pretty much what that's about you're not going to steal it from them or anything like that so that takes a second uh, broker emails it over sometimes it's docusign you can get that done pretty quickly uh, painlessly send it back and you're done with that um, the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to get something called an offering memorandum and what that is is basically the broker sending you over something that they worked on, I guess, together with the seller. And it's just this like pamphlet and it's explaining like all the high level uh, bullet points of the property, explaining like some of the projections, like what they project you can return, you, what returns you can get, um, as well as a little bit about the market and the sub market and, and maybe the rents or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you're gonna see all that in the offering memorandum. We call it the OM, same thing. Um, essentially, you're going to, the first thing we do is we read through that just because we want to make sure that we're not wasting time. We, because at this point, we're getting a lot of deals crossing through our desk and we want to make sure that we're, we can't analyze every single one from start to finish. It's just going to be too much time. It's too time consuming. Um, so we really need to limit it to the ones that we really, that are really, you know, up our alley. 
Um, so what we do is we read through the OM and we look for signs of, hey, you know, is this something that works with our business plan? Is this something that doesn't? And, you know, we need to understand that. Like, for example, if the deal, the deal may be too big, it may be too small, um, it may be too um, old, it may be flat roofs, maybe we don't do flat roofs. And again, this is just, you know, things that, th these are just some options of you know different things that could be or could not be part of your criteria but again like there's no you know i'm not saying right or wrong um this is what we do just to make sure that that the deal right off the bat that it's something that that we can work with that's up our alley and part of our business plan it's our comfort zone um so that's what we do once we finish um going through the om the next thing we're going to do is and again this is another step to help us make sure that we're not wasting time because the thing that takes the most time is actually the actual underwriting. So we want to try to knock out as many steps as possible beforehand um, to make sure that we're not going to be wasting too much time on this property. So as I was saying before, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to screen the property market. So essentially, when you're buying real estate, it's so important that you're buying it in the right real estate market, right? People look for you know population growth and job growth. Um, amongst crime rates, you know, many different things. So essentially, these are some of the things that we're going to look at. We have a system that we figured out works for us. And essentially, every single property that comes in, we're just going to screen it real quick. Takes, I would say in the beginning, took me about 45 minutes to do this on each property. Now it takes me 10 to 15 minutes, really not that long. Um, part of the steps that we do is we're going to check out Google Maps, um, you know, on the satellite view, the regular view, we're going to see what type of market it looks like, what type of stores in the, are in the area, what do the roofs look like. Um, something to watch out for when using the Google, Google Maps and, and those apps is just make sure it's up to date. You can usually see on the bottom when the last time it was updated. So if it was, you know, updated this year or, you know, pretty recent, that's a good sign. Um, but, you know, that's something that we're going to look at. We're going to look at the maps. Uh, we're also going to look at the crime in the area. Um, we don't want to be investing in, you know, areas that's really high crime, um, that'll make it a higher risk. Again, this is just something that we care about. It doesn't have to be something that you care about. Um, another thing is median income that we look for, uh, just to make sure that the average, you know, the tenant can be able to pay the rent and, uh, make sure we're dealing with a certain tenant class that's not going to wreck our properties and just give us tons of problems and, and, you know, break things and all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to look for population growth, job growth, all these things, by the way, can be, you know, searched online. Nothing is a secret out there. Just a couple of clicks on Google and you'll find all this information. Um, again, we created a, a template of, on, on a Word document that works for us. It just helped us systematize it, um, work it a lot quicker, but essentially you can do that as well. Um, you know, just knock out that, that screening process really quickly and then we're ready to move on to the next step which is once you've screened the property area, the, the market, the submarket, everything looks okay. Um, you've read through the OM, everything still looks good. looks like it's something that's up your alley. The next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna ask the broker, again, you probably won't have to ask him, he'll probably give it to you on, on his own or her own, uh, is the T12 and the rent roll. Now, what these are, these are really, really important documents that you're gonna need for the underwriting. Uh, what they are is basically the rent roll is um, it's this document that has all the tenants in there, all of the units and information about them. For example, it's going to tell you how many square feet they are, um, who's paying, who's not paying, uh, how much they're paying, um, what the average rent is. And, you know, a lot of that, you know, the kind of information that, that, that can be very, very helpful and useful later on, you'll see. 
the T12 is another one of those very important documents. And that is basically all the expenses that the seller has incurred over the past year. So sometimes you'll see more than 12, sometimes you see less than 12. I think it's really annoying when they give you like a T9 and then you have to do your own math, but whatever. Um, so you'll, you'll get this T12 and that's basically just gonna be a list. And sometimes that'll be more organized. Sometimes that'll be like pulling teeth and really not organized. You'll have to do all the work yourself. But um, I find most of the time it's pretty easy to read, pretty easy to understand. So you're gonna get the T12, the rent roll and fine. Okay, hold on to that for now. The next thing that I like to do is, I like to use a couple of rule of thumbs just to see again, like if we're in the ballpark, like what this, what this property looks like in terms of like cash flow and, and stuff like that. So there's this thing called the 1% rule. What that is, is basically that your monthly, um, your, your, your monthly rent should equal your, your, the actual, should equal 1% or more of the actual value of the property. And essentially it's gotta be in the ballpark. So this is just another thing that I like to look at. Like if it's literally like way off, like half of 1% or, or even less, or, or, you know, sometimes I've seen that, like that just means like 99% is not a good deal. Um, it's not gonna cash flow. It's just not gonna make you a lot of money. Um, you're gonna have to really, you know, chop down that asking price a lot in order to make that profitable. Again, these are just rules of thumbs that, that can help, you know, just give you an overall, like a broad picture of like what to expect from this property. I like to look at the 1% rule just before I st actually start underwriting, just so I know that I'm gonna be in the ballpark. 50% um, rule basically tells you that, you know, 50% of the income is gonna go towards expenses. Um, so let's say, for argument's sake, the income is $100, you can expect about $50 to go towards expenses. Um, you know, and, and this, by the way, is not including the mortgage. This 50% rule is just the, just the regular expenses that are incurring, you know, monthly or yearly, but not the, um, not the mortgage. Um, all right, fine. So you've got the OM, you've got the T12, the rent roll, you've done the 1% rule. And the next thing you're going to do is you're going to have to put in all the data. So I personally use um, this deal analyzer from Michael Blanc. I bought it from him, but essentially you don't need to. You can make this on your own. If you're good with spreadsheets, if you're good with Excel, then you can you know, create something on your own. Um, I would recommend to go and buy one only because I assume that most people are not great with spreadsheets and not great at you know, setting something up like this. And, and again, if you make one mistake, if you, if you forget to like connect a couple of tabs, then you're, essentially that could mess up the entire underwriting process. So you don't really want to leave that to chance. You want to, you really want to try to, you know, get one that really works. Again, if you're great at it, make one, you know, great, good for you. Um, if you're not, I would say go and buy one. Michael Blanc has one that's very functional and I use his, I'm pretty happy with it. It's not perfect, but it's, it's good. It works, gets the job done. Um, all right, once you have your deal analyzer, now you're going to start inputting all the data into the Excel uh, spreadsheets. So the first thing you're gonna do is there's something called a pro forma. Pro forma is the, it's basically the broker, not really the broker, it's the broker and the seller uh, working together to try to give you a projection of like what year one is going to look like, um, what your expenses are gonna be, what your income is gonna be, and like what your bottom numbers are, are, are gonna be. So that's the pro forma. Sometimes I find the pro forma is a little bit like wishful thinking and a little bit um, too optimistic. But again, like your job at this point is just to put that in. You're not questioning them at this point. 
you're just taking their, their information at face value for now, and you're putting it into the first column of the spreadsheet. Again, like with spreadsheets, I like to have at least three columns. So more is even better. Um, but for the way we underwrite it, I like to have at least three, and you'll see in a minute why. So we have column number one is the pro forma. Again, that's from the seller, that's from the broker, that's their somewhat wishful thinking, but um, we'll see in a minute. Sometimes it's close, sometimes it's not. Um, the next column, column two, is gonna be the actuals. So these are the actual financials that the seller has been incurring over the past year. So for example, remember we just spoke about the rent roll and the T12? This is exactly where you're gonna use them. You're gonna go, you're gonna open up the rent roll, you're gonna open up the T12. Again, some are hard to understand, some are easier, some are sloppy, some are neat. But you're gonna pull that data and you're gonna put that into column number two. And surprise, surprise, sometimes you're going to see column two coming, the bottom numbers uh, as far as returns are gonna come off way different than column number one. Um, and nobody's lying, nobody's cheating, nobody's anything. It's just that there's different ways of like underwriting a deal. Column number one, the pro forma is more like one year projection, like what, you know, best case scenario, so to speak, a lot of times. Uh, column number two is more like actuals, like this is what actually happened, you know, it is what it is, uh, for better or for worse. So um, that's gonna be column number two. The next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna get column number three going. And I like to name that like my projections. So Essentially, this is not what the broker said. This is not what the T12 is. This is a combination of those first two columns and my own brain, like my own experience, my own knowledge of the market and my understanding from underwriting properties. So essentially, let's say I know the market and I know that insurance costs this and this much or payroll costs this and this much in this market. I can put in my own numbers in this third column and I'm going to I'm gonna take what they said with a little bit of a grain of salt and I'm gonna to try to make like a combination of my like my knowledge of this market um, and this property together with theirs and that is how I'm gonna formulate uh, the third column. And again, you'll probably see all three columns come in with different numbers on the bottom as far as you know what your returns are and how much money you're gonna be making. But um, I think it's important to have all those three columns on the same page so you can sort of look at them right next to each other at the same time and see where they differ and see what you would do differently. Um, that's essentially how that goes. That's basic part of you know the underwriting. Um, in uh, Michael Blanc's um, deal analyzer, he also has a returns tab and some other cool tabs, a summary tab. So you'll be able to see exactly how much money you're gonna make at what stage in the game and how much goes to the investors, how much goes to the, you know, to the key principal, how much goes to the general partners, the limited partners and everybody at, at any stage of the game, which I think is very valuable. Um, but at this stage, essentially what you're going to be doing is you're gonna look at the bottom numbers, uh, essentially of your column number three. You're gonna look at that and you're gonna say, hey, how far off are we from asking price? Like how, from column number one, essentially. Like what the broker and the seller told me in column number one, to me in my projections in column number three, how far is the difference? Like, is it is it really close or am I really far off? If I'm really far off and like, I'm not even close and the numbers are just like totally, you know, not, then essentially at this point, I'll just, you know, I'll just say no, I'll, I'll call the broker or I'll email them and, and let them know that this deal is, is not gonna work. 
Um, but if it's close, then I'm going to go to um, the next step of underwriting, which is comps. I'm going to try and pull some comps. This is very important because if you see that you're in the ballpark and you see that there's a lot of value to be added um, through, let's say, renovations or proper management, and you can raise the rents, let's say, 100 to 200 or $300 per unit within a couple of years, and all this could be put into the deal analyzer, then essentially this one may be a good deal. And you're going to want to punch those numbers in. So essentially, first, you're going to figure out what the comps are. You're going to put that into the deal analyzer. You're going to put that into the upside. And you could do that on Michael Blanc's calculator. Um, and then you're going to see where you stand at the end. And, and sometimes you'll be close enough to put in an offer. Other times you won't. But essentially, that would be the next step to, to seeing whether you're close enough to actually make this work or not. Because sometimes you'll see that there's so much upside in the property that now you can raise your asking price a little bit more because there's so much upside. And now it just gives you a little bit more of an edge on other investors and your, your competition because you educated yourself and you know how much value can be added. And if you're just patient and you implement your plan within the next couple of years, you're going to get those sweet returns. So essentially, that would be the final step. Again, all this, you know, this is all preliminary. You could, you know, look into, you know, anything a lot more or less or whatever it is. This is just the way we like to do it. And essentially, once we have done the preliminary work and we've done the, the comps and we feel like, hey, this is really good, then we're going to dive in a lot deeper. We're going to go into each number, you know, really, really calculate everything and, and double check and triple check everything um, before we actually go and put in an offer. But a lot of these steps are just set up. Um, in a way to save you time because most deals, to be honest, are not going to be good deals. So if you can knock out uh, most deals as early on in the screening process or, you know, read the OM, see that it's not for you. Um, do the 1% rule, see it's not for you. Screen the market, see it's not for you. Any, all those steps that you're doing is going to save you time in the long run. And it's all about systems. It's all about saving time and just, you know, developing that system in a way that works for you and your company. So essentially, you know, this is what you're going to do. And then at the end, um, you're going to look at the returns tab. There's going to be some numbers that are really important as far as cash on cash return, right? What that means is how much money are you making, right? Compared to how much money you invested initially in the property. That's a really important metric. That's a really important number to look at. Another one is IRR. That's basically your return on investment, but it's, a, it's taking time into the equation. So an example of this is let's say I offer you $100 now and I'll give you back $110 in a year from now. How valuable is that to you compared to if I give you $100 now and I offer you back $110 in 100 years from now? Obviously, getting that money back quicker is a lot more valuable. So that's sort of like what IRR is. Like the quicker you get it back, the higher that number will go, the better it is for the investors. Um, and then there's average annual return, which is another really important number. And I'll get into all this, you know, we'll get all, into all these numbers um, in further episodes. But this is, in my opinion, the most important number because this takes all the returns, all the money that you're gonna be making over the course of the entire investment, including the refi, including the actual sale and all the cash flow in all the years of the investment. And that takes it all together and it divides it by the amount of years um, that you are doing your investment for this property. And that, that number is essentially the, the actual most realistic number that you can give the investors and have them understand. So again, you're going to take these three numbers 
these metrics and you're going to see at the end of the day once you're done analyzing the property how much how much returns you know are available for you how much returns are available for your investors and just does this deal work essentially or does it not work uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to um, so this is pretty much uh, in a nutshell this is how we underwrite our properties again i just want to say one more time that this is not the only way to do things um, you know there's no right there's no wrong this is how we do it um, a lot of the steps are set up to just try and save us time so that we're only underwriting the really sweet ones um, but uh, essentially this is how we do it and i hope i was able to add value uh, today and you know teach you a thing or two about underwriting and you know our steps and and how we go about it so once again i just want to thank everybody for tuning in and um, hope you enjoyed and hope you continue to tune into future episodes. Thanks so much and enjoy. Bye.